hello everyone whoever is joined i first of all i would like to welcome shweta ma'am again like we saw her yesterday and we again had some awesome discussion as well and i would i would want to welcome uh, uh manvendra singh uh, he uh, let me just uh, so manvendra sir he he was born into a royal uh, rajput family of rajpipla gujarat and uh, he is actually was first openly gay prince so that is one thing that's kudos first of all and he he is a human rights activist and chairman of lakshitwas which works for hiv aids education and prevention so i mean let's hear about it more from the prince himself so sir like give us some insight yeah thank you first of all for having me over here uh, let me just make a bit of a correction in the introduction uh, lakshya trust uh, uh, yes does work for hiv uh, prevention work but we are uh, we are the first organization in gujarat to have started working for the hiv uh, population uh, which is uh, we primarily work for uh, gay men bisexual homosexual population transgender population uh, in hiv as well as many other things so uh, we made a beginning with hiv because uh, actually government of gujarat uh, was the one who uh, initially uh, partnered with us uh, under the ministry of uh, health and family welfare so uh, they Uh, you know because what has happened was uh, during the 1990s uh, the hiv epidemic had uh, you know started uh, spreading in our country and the government realized that they need to partner with vulnerable groups like ours uh, yeah, they there's a medical term which has been coined men having sex with men msm and transgender uh, and uh, of course there were female sex workers and injection drug users so uh, gujarat there was no project of this sort happening so then they uh, they uh, i was approached uh, by them to my friend ashok rao who happened to be india's first uh, gay activist and we had already started working with the government in in mumbai with the government of maharashtra for a similar project and they said gujarat there are a lot of people who are uh, dying of hiv and, uh, and aids and there's just not much get uh, as is being done there so if i would like to do something and i said yeah definitely uh, there was a need to even have a have a platform for the lgbt community which was missing in gujarat and uh, uh, and def- and we also we were fortunate to get a government recognition you know imagine in those days where uh, uh, we were still uh, you know treated our 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 sexual activities were still treated as uh, criminal in those days i'm talking 21 years from now government took the risk of uh, partnering with us the funding us and supporting us and still they are funding us um, i mean uh, the 21 years have passed by and still government is funding and supporting us for uh, hiv issues and uh, activities uh, related to that so it was a it was a big big thing for us um, so yeah that's about uh, my organization and if you want to know something about me then i can i can elaborate on that definitely i mean <laughs> it's actually a lot of uh, you know i wouldn't say like difficult but it's something that you know you don't see as a usual uh, usual thing right so what you are doing is kind of amazing and again kudos to that now uh, coming up to shweta ma'am of course as as such she does not really need an introduction but again shweta uh, shweta raugarh she is associate professor at diicity she is an artist she is she is a writer 
she is amazing and of course <laughs> the most important of all she is our favorite professor so i would really like shweta ma'am to just you know like give us some introduction that we actually don't know yeah uh, i mean introduction that you don't know and and you say i'm your favorite <laughs> say sir i mean how does that work <laughs> i mean it's um, not about yeah. <laughs> so uh, one thing which i i think which may be of interest is you just said that i'm an artist so i also want to say that this is a very very recent phenomena so when i was a little baby i used to say that you know you all say that then hum bade hoke prime minister banenge ya jo bhi banenge so when i was a baby i thought that i will be an artist and that never happened i did my masters then i did my phd then i became you know like whatever one does to become a professor i was in diict and uh, i think uh, manvinder sir should come to diict uh, whenever things are better and and you would also agree with me that it's a beautiful campus and i believe somewhere something unlocked and i got into uh, using crayons uh, my son was 4 year old then and he would go to art class and i had to wait it out outside so i would also start working on his Uh, crayons and a friend told me that uh, why don't you so so she said that she went to uh, a teacher and he made her copy master pieces like you know master works using crayons and i laughed i said it's ridiculous how, how could that happen and she said just try and i did that so that's how it began so i started making art seriously only from 2014 which is which may look like a long time it's 2021 now but something which happened uh, and uh, my husband la- laughed at me and he says it's some early onset of midlife crisis or whatever but uh, but that's the journey and uh, maybe because i was stumbling as a student i sympathize with students when they are learning something new because after an age it's a challenge to learn something new but right now i'm learning how to dance and it's a huge challenge and i and my classmates are 13 year old little kids and i'm the oldest uh, i feel like a total senior person there <laughs> but uh, but i think when when you learn a new thing you are less ashamed or embarrassed to learn something so uh, darwin i have a question i'm dying to ask manvinder ji can i shoot off because i'm sure his life is far more interesting than anything else could ever be so uh, so sir i mean uh, so you came out so many years ago do you ever regret this decision or you think it's an ongoing process if at all uh, you may answer i mean if you want to answer this uh yeah thank you for asking me this question but before i answer this question i want to again uh, uh, you know uh, uh reply to the invitation you uh, very kindly gave about visiting the ai ct or whatever ct <laughs> and strong uh, yeah. i i have been to this uh, your institute and in fact i've delivered a ted talk there Oh yes. yes, I have delivered a TED talk. I, I still remember the, uh, the I saw peacocks in your institute. That's yeah. that's definitely our institute. Yeah, yeah. beautiful campus. I stayed there in the in the in the guest house uh, along with the another TED speaker who had come from Baroda. He he's a he's no more. He 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 passed away. He's he's a, he's a sculptor. He makes he used to make uh, you know uh, statues and all in Baroda. So we were sharing with him in the guest house, and I remember visiting the AI city for the uh, for the TED talk. So I, I have been to your institute. Uh, coming back to your uh, question, uh, uh, the, uh, I of course I do not regret coming out uh, and doing what I did. But uh, one regret I do have is that uh, I should have come out much earlier. Uh, wow. 
Okay. Yeah. Maybe I would have saved some more lives. Maybe I would have made the lives of many people happier. But uh, I, I also believe that there is a time for everything, and uh, we have, uh, you know, I am a great believer of destiny, and whenever things will have to happen, they will happen. You know, so it's nothing is in our control. So I think it's uh, probably it was the right time for me to uh, come out and uh, talk about my, you know, public my private life uh, to the world. And uh, even though it's like it was uh, late, but it was like better late than never. So uh, I'm still happy about doing what I've done. Fantastic to start on that note. <laughs> yes, exactly. So um, I I mean, sort of, I do have uh, like a follow-up question, sort of. So uh, when you came out, you know, that's actually a huge decision. So like, what exactly was your mind mindset? Like, you know, kind of a roller coaster ride or like what was exact mindset what what exactly happened after you came out so i think i would answer you the question about what what made me to come out and then i would say you know give the success. so i so i will start off with saying that uh, i mean i as you have given in my introduction i belong to a very old uh, family a 600 year old uh, dynasty uh, which i am the and one of the uh, uh, direct descendants and custodians Having said that, I'm also proud of my Indian culture. And uh, Rahul has joined. Hi, Rahul, how are you? So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm extremely proud okay. of my uh, my rich cultural heritage. I'm proud to be uh, Indian. But unfortunately, many people are not proud, uh, even though we are Indians. And why I'm saying that? Because uh, our country, if you see our, our culture, it was historically a very sexually liberated country. In the, in the olden days, we have we have evidence in the form of uh, Kama Sutra, which is the world's oldest sex encyclopedia. It was written in 400 BC, 400 to 200 BC, uh, even before Jesus Christ was born. We have temples like famous ones like Hajurao, Konara, several I can name, where there's op there there is open depiction of homoerotic forms of statues, cultures, and not just homoerotic, even hetero uh, erotic. Yet, in our country, we are ashamed to talk about sex. We are not willing to teach sex in, in schools. I used to teach and the parents association came and banned it because they said yeah, we are spoiling the children and that the parents themselves don't teach. So it was this hypocrisy which is prevailing in our country which, uh, uh, you know, people are not ready to accept the truth and, and then they make allegations against us that homosexuality does not exist in this country. You all are... Uh, uh, you know, having Western influence, uh, you know, uh, uh, this, this is a Western culture. So th those are the things which motivated me. I said, I have to break my silence. You know, I can't just keep quiet and listen to people's, uh, 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 you know, illogical uh, statements and just keep quiet about it. Because if we keep up quiet, nothing is going to happen. You know, so I decided I have to break the silence. I have to talk on a subject which is existing in our culture and yet it is a taboo and I want to, you know, open dialogues and it doesn't matter if people debate with me, I'm, I'm, I'm open to debate, you know, but people at least should talk, you know, and that, that's what uh, instigated me, motivated me to come out of my royal closet and, and my <laughs> comfort zone, you know, see who, who wouldn't like to live in the palace, you know, people are crazy after royal families, I mean, I had the most luxurious style I had, I had no 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 issues with anything. I mean, I could have left my closeted lifestyle like anyone else is leading. What was the necessity of me to talk my private life in public? 
and that too you know i i also didn't know i i created history by being the first royal you know so you can imagine nobody wants to do that you know so i said let me do things what nobody wants to do because that itself is is uh, is a challenge and i'll i'll see whatever uh, comes my way i will face all the consequences good or bad which comes and and i did that and i seriously felt very liberated i felt free i for the first time uh, india got independent in 1947 i thought i am i am getting my freedom on 14th march 2006 you know wow. <laughs> because, because i i was i was you know completely myself i was true to myself i was true to others i didn't have to tell lies i didn't have to pretend what i'm doing and i i i i got my freedom i kind of uh, and that's why when you asked me do you regret i said no i will never regret coming out because uh, I, who doesn't want freedom today tell yeah. you know we all want we are all just now we are all locked up in our homes because of covid if, if, if given a chance dharmin would like to visit this institute you know and get get the freedom you know nobody wants to get locked in homes but we have to because we have to keep ourselves safe so uh, i i was i was totally you know like you know uh, felt so amazed and uh, wonderful after i came out even though i had to face a lot of brickbats and you know hurdles which 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 anyone will do face when they speak the truth i said doesn't matter uh, even our freedom fighters had to face it so i'll also face it you know for the sake of freedom or for the sake of the larger goal if i have to make some sacrifice i don't mind it and so i did it that is quite awesome actually i mean i do have another follow up question for that as well but before that i let me introduce uh, rahul hey rahul how are you doing hey i'm good how are you hello sir hi kita so um, a little bit about rahul um so there is one thing that uh, while pursuing civil engineering at iit gandhinagar rahul got out there he pulled up all the resources and made gandhinagar's first ever queer pride happen and was it success yeah it was a huge success and it actually made rahul as a queer champion so let's hear about it more from rahul himself so rahul how was the experience oh my god the experience where I, while i'm hearing queer champion is amazing oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, well thank you so much for that lovely introduction um i think the journey has actually begin you know but yes speaking of my uh, experience organizing pride parade uh, we need to understand how the situation is pertaining to city you know like if you are in mumbai or delhi these cities are quite op- comparatively open minded you know uh, as mm-hmm. compared to gandhinagar where uh, when when i uh, reached out to police people uh, for getting for permission for the pride parade they had no idea about the lgbtq is you know and uh, for the first two three visits they didn't even uh, took me they didn't even take me seriously so and that is that is why uh, and that is how we had to sensitize them first you know tell them about entire lgbtq thing is and why we are doing this you know and so finally it took me like seven rounds to police station and four rounds to a uh, collector office to finally get the police permission um and yeah so we were expecting like uh, 200 people even if 200 people come that 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 is going to be a huge number because it's first pride parade it's gandhinagar but then to our surprise you know there were more than 400 people uh, mm-hmm. and not only from gandhinagar or amdavad there were people from other states as well 
so this was something uh, which was really really overwhelming and i actually have to thank uh, you know the entire team of course but at the same time those people who were helping us indirectly uh, people like uh, manvendra sir you know uh, i think i don't remember even a single post which he didn't share <laughs> you know so and this is how uh, our reach uh, 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 we were able to reach out to larger number of people so yeah um, thank you so much everyone who who helped us and that was actually uh, the starting point since then we have been uh, working in different capacities now um, so what started as uh, just a social group and to organize chote mote events now we are working to you know uh, we are we have actually rescued two couples two lesbian couples uh, in last three or four months then we have also raised some funds for their education for their accommodation of course we are the, uh, reaching out to other organizations too for help so um, and uh, uh, we are also representing india on a global platform our pride our pride organization at the same time india on global platform so yeah and i think and i have to say this so uh, the, when you say queer champion i think all credit goes to uh, manvendra sir i think sir this is all your influence uh, because the very first event i organized in iit gandhinagar was uh, talked by uh, manvendra sir and uh, yeah and i think that actually that is how i started uh, into this social work with all that is pretty awesome so first of all congratulations of course and yeah. second of all hearing about that you even represent india on a global platform that's just amazing so thank you so much for doing this for people and yeah that's a pretty awesome and also a kind of uh, i asked manvendra sir that when he uh, when he came out what was the mindset what was like you know the after effects sort of but as he said that in countries like india like it's sort of taboo mm -hmm. if the people people don't even talk about sex so if if that's the case and i'm pretty sure that there are so many people still in the closet so i'd like to ask all of you what do you think like what would be the you know mental state the what's the you know bad effects on the mental health if they still keep on closet because <laughs> looking at manvendra sir he clearly seems really happy that he came out his only regret as he said that he he wished that he came out earlier so when when a person does not actually come out of the closet what's the effect on his or her or their mental uh, mental health and yeah surrounding surrounding the people what what you know an indirect effect of him being not themselves affects on others so manvendra sir please would you like to start yeah. okay uh, so uh, basically see it's very interesting uh, i'll i'll start with uh, a study which i saw on on one of uh, a video uh, you know i was seeing a, a interview uh, some time back it's it's a it's a documentary film called intersex uh, now very interestingly there was a study which was conducted by one university i'm forgetting the name i think it was perhaps uh, harvard university where they taken random samples from the population the male females you know not defining their gender or sexuality and that study has revealed that a lot of homophobia Uh, or transphobia or biphobia uh, comes from the community itself, from the homosexual population itself. 
uh, and this I I agree with this study because uh, I have traveled the world over and I have seen a lot of uh, homophobia, you know, originating from the homosexuals themselves, from the LGBT community themselves. And I'll tell you the reason for that also. See, uh, like you were talking about the uh, uh, being in the closet, you know. So a lot of us, why we are remaining in closet is because uh, we don't want. Uh, first of all, they they don't even want to accept themselves. Forget about others, you know. So self acceptance itself is something which is missing. I mean, imagine person like me. It took me 30 years to even accept myself. You know, I mean, of course, those were different days. They were like you know, 1970s and 80s. But now things are very different. So now it's it should not be that easy for somebody to accept yourself. But if you are not able to accept yourself, you are in the closet, and you don't want others also to know. Then you are in a way punishing not just punishing yourself, you are punishing others also. You know, and and then they they create to they they tend to create phobia in the minds of people, and then tell people, oh, you know what, you know these things are all wrong and ba wrong, bad, uh, bad, bad, and this is these are all sinners. And I have seen this happening with my own eyes. You know, the homosexual population, which I have traveled the world over, has said this to other people that homosexuality is immoral. Or homosexuality is unnatural, you know, because see, they are, they are, we have to understand they are frustrated with their own lives, you know, they they are not wanting to accept themselves, so they say, why should we allow others also to be accepted? So therefore, I always say that first and foremost thing to anyone, whether you want to be in closet or don't want to be in closet, that's a that's a immaterial thing, but we need to accept oneself, whatever you are, you know, if you accept it, you're Half your battle will be uh, won. Yeah. So, um, Rahul, anything to add? Yes. So, um, the first, the first thing uh, you said uh, that people don't even talk about sex. You know. Well, I'll tell you why people don't about sex because people are busy doing it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's. Um, that's so true. Yeah. We are the second largest populous country. <laughs> yeah, so, that is true. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Uh, having said that, well, first thing, uh, uh, being out of the closet doesn't mean that you have to proclaim. Okay, I think uh, many of us, in fact, majority of us, never did that. It just that being true to yourself and being true to others. You know. Um, uh, Heterosexual people never say, oh, I'm heterosexual. But the concept of coming out of the closet is because you want to accept yourself and you want to see uh, that other people also accept yourself the way you are. Right. So uh, I made it a point that whenever somebody is asking me about my sexuality, I won't lie. Because back then I was living this dual life and it creates a lot of pressure, you know, stress uh, on one's uh, uh, life. So that was the whole thing. Now, there are a number of reasons why people are still in the closet. And as Manvendra sir said, there is this internalized homophobia, you know, hom uh, phobia within the LGBTQ community. And I tell you this because, uh, uh, well, just, just, you know, so this is, this has always been there in our upbringing or our, this is how we are conditioned. Um, um, for example, if there is a gay guy who is masculine and there is this gay guy who is effeminate, certainly there is going to be kind of, kind of discrimination and which I have, I have, uh, you know, experienced. The first thing is they deny because they don't, they themselves don't want to come out. 
you know and and as manvendra sir said uh because they are not able to digest the fact that how the others how the society is accepting them because they are not accepting them so this is one of the reasons second thing is there are a lot of people who uh deny our very existence you know um, um and they deny the fact that homosexuality has always been there in indian uh, culture you know uh, you you talk about uh, mahabharata shikandi was there you talk about arjuna reshwar avatar you talk about um, a mohini avatar of lord vishnu you know uh, uh, then manvendra sir uh, talk about the sculpture uh, the khajuraho temple all these things uh, they they show that homosexuality was never an alien uh, alien concept this was always been there it was very well respected you know um but and the and people of our parents generation of our grandparents generation they know all these mythological stories but yet they tend to uh, you know deny the existence because somewhere or the other uh, they think that this will affect our indian culture or indian values which is not true because this was always there there are some people who deny it because i think because then they will have to uh, you know question their own identity while they themselves are in the comfort zone why would somebody want to come out of the comfort zone you know so there are a number of reasons why people uh, uh, bash other people or there is this kind of phobia uh, with respect to the lgbtq plus community yeah i mean i i heard that uh, i heard somewhere so uh, when uh, manvendra sir said and you said that uh, people you know uh, when they when one doesn't accept accept himself or uh, or herself they kind of build uh, they kind of build up you know a toxic phobia toxic masculinity yeah. in their mindset as well so i heard uh, somewhere in i guess men's xp's video that people some people can sometimes you know there is this term by curious so they don't want to even try that out because what if they start liking it what if what if yeah. what if they like start liking it log kya kahenge parivar wale kya kahenge society kya kahegi so again that kind of you know creates a whole chain reaction of toxicity so yeah about that now let's hear about this particular question from a cisgender straight person shweta man what are your opinions of this one one thing i'm never going to do is claim uh, experiences which are not mine and give wisdom on it so a huge disclaimer there but as an educator i mean so when i was a student so uh, i did my phd from a place and i was a teaching assistant and interestingly enough uh, students were very forthcoming with me so a bunch of students came to me when we were actually so so the, so in every class reading i have this agenda of uh, incorporating uh, discussions on gender and and you know sexuality also so after the class these four kids uh, they kids as in couple of years younger than me they uh, accosted me and they asked me that if they had had some sort of homo relationship because they were bored quote unquote does that make them gay right so uh, and i didn't want to ask anything i didn't want to sniff around because i could understand that what was going on and i said even if you were what are you afraid of you know so so then i told them that it's is there is this whole continuum so you know so the labels are very important because it means that it proclaims you 
who you are it, it's an important part of your identity but at the same time nobody is like zero and one and a part which we which i say that again and again in class that it's not like binary zero one or or black and white there are so many shades of gray and and it's all of us you know like all of us are homo curious homo erotic and even at at some level you know we have a whole spectrum of sexuality so even if anyone were to experiment uh what are you afraid of losing so uh, whatever dharmin just pointed out that you know people are afraid and and what both of you would agree with your own life experiences that people are afraid that does that mean i am so and so and and then what happens so we are so afraid uh, coming face to face with our own identities that uh, perhaps that we see it of homophobia right that the seed of xenophobia in in a larger context of the term so uh, that is something which i want to add by the way i also have a question for uh, rahul here and and for manmohan sir you know so uh, and i'm sure dharmin also had that in mind um, so if if you were thinking of it like you know uh, you said that things were very different when you were growing up manmohan sir and and maybe rahul maybe it's slightly easy but i'm not saying you know it is so what kind of structures do you expect to be in education scenario that things are better you know there are there is more support structure so what kind of structural changes do you envisage and what kind of changes do you think education school level and college level should embrace to make it friendlier for people of all kinds and orientations sir do you want to go first yeah i think now you should start first oh <laughs> okay make a um, make a <laughs> thank you so much so um i i totally agree with you shweta that uh, well everyone have their own experiences but the experiences shared by you know uh, manvinder sir were very very extreme because when i came out when i was actually uh, you know uh, in my acceptance phase i had a couple of people to look upon you know i had examples but i think uh, when sir came out and when sun was sir was going through that phase nobody had literally come out i you know so yes uh, there is absolutely a big change not a small change actually um talking about the educational institutions and thing well i think uh, i i'll give you one example so the very first thing we do when we wake up is you know brush our teeth get freshen up and like that who taught us this thing obviously when we were kids say uh, uh, our parents taught us but that too like when we were four years or five years after that it became a daily routine and nobody actually ever had to tell us the same thing when we teach our children you know that there is this, this entire world beyond gender binary and we inculcate these values and these people have to be respected and uh, you know uh, have to be given respect so i think if we inculcate these values from the very beginning things are going to change talking about educational institutions and i would like to quote uh, the recent madras high court verdict uh, recently we got and uh, out of many i think eight or nine points there was this particular point which say educational institutions should uh, should do this thing that they should have in their curriculum to educate children not only on sex or gender but on this entire spectrum of sec- uh, sexual orientation and gender identity second thing this was also mentioned that uh, the school also make an attempt to 
make their parents aware of these things whenever they are visiting for parent teacher meeting and like that i think this is a very beautiful verdict and now the question is how much this is implemented i really hope this is implemented in schools and on the top of that of course when we are talking about educating children the teachers must be educated first you know i i remember uh, when uh, in 2018 i guess when i had just started working for the community i uh, so there was this workshop for some 30 uh, government school teachers in iit and i tend to interact with two of them and i just generally ask them about this lgbtq thing and so surprisingly they knew about homosexuality but they were like oh this is something which we have adopted from western culture this is not our indian culture they you know they knew about these things to a depth that within gay if two people are gay then other than uh, what so these were his exact words the one will be uh, you know behaving as a man and the other one will be behaving as a woman so they have they had every idea about what homosexuality but still they tend to deny it so uh, as i said that before educating the children schools should be uh, uh, teachers should be educated next thing when we talk about colleges i think it's it's now high time to uh, for the colleges to have uh, gender and sexuality resource groups where people like us can be can feel safe you know where such groups can actually promote and help in creating awareness within the campus like i was fortunate when i went to iit uh, there was this uh, group gender and sexuality club which i headed and we tried our level best uh, you know to sensitize the uh uh school we also made made it a point that not only the students but the faculties also participate in our events so i think these are couple of the, these are couple of things which we can do or uh, you know we can suggest uh, to inculcate those values and make sure that the generation is a little more sensitized and a little more empathetic towards not only gen, uh, sexual minorities but i think for everyone yeah yeah right so manvendra sir what are, yeah. what's uh, your take like on that i would like to uh, add on to what rahul said now uh, that uh, madras high court uh, case which we recently uh, got the news of which happened on this in this month itself 6 months 6 months now how did that come about also it is very interesting one should know the the history behind because i had the fortune of interviewing the lawyer uh, uh, mr madhu raj who was uh, representing the lesbian couple because now i am also a radio host for for red fm channel i i, I also I my episodes coming out every week so the last, this this week uh, my episode on madhu raj was uh, uh, was broadcast was podcast and i i i interviewed him for almost an hour and a half now uh, what i got to know from this uh, case was that the uh, the judge of the madras high court uh, justice anand vikatesh he admitted that uh, he was ignorant on on the on the issues of uh, lgbt because it was a case about a, a lesbian couple who filed a petition for police harassment and for even for the parents uh, not accepting them so he he was very clear he said uh, he was uh, ignorant on the issues and he made it a point to educate himself and he went to mental health practitioners psychiatrists psychologists and he also uh, uh, took uh, time to meet the lgbt community in tamil nadu you know and in chennai and, and, uh, and to educate himself and he is in his it is in his decision he has said that 
ignorance should not come in the way to uh, you know discriminate or to violate somebody's human rights so uh, and uh, there and based on that he, the one of the points which uh, rahul pointed out was made by him that that you know we need to include issues of lgbtqi in the education system in the the textbooks and also this has come out of uh, of ignorance which you know i, I was very happy that uh, justice uh, venkatesh uh, made this uh, announcement and if if I, so you can imagine that a judge of a court is ignorant about the issues who who we think is you know highly qualified educated everything so you can there, there's definitely uh, ignorance is there in, in the general society as well you know so uh, one of the things which i i keep quoting a lot when it comes to education uh, one of my very dear friends and sister uh, who's a famous transgender activist uh, lakshmi narayan tripathi she she uses this word in in lot of her talks uh, it's called educated illiterate okay now what does educated illiterate mean some of us are highly qualified you know we are double graduation post graduation uh, or so and so forth but we are illiterate when it comes to issues on sexuality or on lgbt issues so in order to make them educated literate we need to make changes in the education system and uh, and uh, we should start from the the, the grassroots level uh, we should start from the uh, rahul pointed out uh, very correctly school level uh, not only should the school uh, have uh, education system in place uh, each and every school should have a sensitized school counselor because a counselor's role is very important you know i mean why do you think i i grew up in the confusion i mean i it took me 30 years to to find out i'm gay you know i mean though i knew i was different and i had attraction to it had that been a school counselor because you know parents won't talk these things you know you, you go to parents they will say no 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 this is all very dirty and this and that and they will they won't talk about sex how will they going to talk about sexuality you know so uh, if you if i there was a school counselor in the school with where i studied i could have gone to that counselor and told that look sir madam this is what uh, i'm going through this is my kind of a behavior what am i you know at least i would have had that uh, clarity and i would not have got married to a woman and spoiled her life you know so a school counselor is very important of course a sensitized school counselor uh, if, if they can get a counselor who's from the community even better you know uh, and i i'll want to give an example about uh, a school a very progressive school in india uh, where i visited it's called tagore international school in new delhi this is the one of the best schools i have ever seen the very progressive open minded where the students are trainers the students uh, train other students and teachers and faculty on uh, issues of sex gender sexuality and lgbt issues no so i uh, so we need schools like this and how this has happened is because they are imparting sex education they are imparting uh, education on lgbt issues at a level where the children can understand through illustrations through events through film screening to theater cultural events lot of things are happening in that school and the good thing is that the parents are also cooperating with them the parents themselves they are they are keen that the students should should get this uh, knowledge in part so we need schools like uh, tagore international schools which which uh, which tell the children right since the, their age then so that when they grow up then they, they should know that there is not just male and female there is something beyond that also you know and they they should know there is something sex gender all these these terms should be known to them before they pass out of uh, 
of the school. So that is something very important, and I'm sure Justice Venkatesh, uh, what decision is made? It's, it's currently it's still uh, not decided. This case is still going on. It's an interim order. But whenever this becomes a final judgment, it's definitely going to have an impact on Indian education system because it will be a guideline which will be uh, submitted to the union government to uh, to consider over the change of the education. Uh, this, uh, you know, curriculum and all that to include this, uh, and not just education system, but many other things like, you know, where, wherever, the, the, because a lot of us come in that educated illiterate category, you know. So uh, we, we all need to get them educated literate so that, you know, uh, we can expect uh, some kind of uh, change to happen in the society. Yeah, uh, so, uh, yeah, please. Yeah, yeah, one, one more thing which I would like to add. Uh, uh, about this Madras High Court. So uh, we all must have heard this saying, uh, love can move mountains. So along with this ignorance thing, uh, Justice Venkates also uh, mentioned that it is their love for, you know, it is their love of the couple, which has actually uh, led to this particular decision because had, these had this couple not reached out to the Madras High Court and they reached out to them because they wanted security because they wanted uh, because they were harassed by their families then justice venkatesh made it a point that he himself at the same time the families should also go and seek counselor and understand this thing you know so uh, like ye to jeeta jata udharan hai ki love can actually move mountains and lead to a wonderful judgment like this uh, actually, but i want to sort of um, you know uh, so one thing that uh, manvinder ji said you know that it's it's very important that counselors need to be trained uh, and i would not disclose any names but a student a couple of years ago said that uh, when he came out to his parents the parents forced him to take on therapy saying that therapy would cure him so i i could not believe it i said see counselors would never do that he said no 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 trust there are counselors who are out there to cure homosexuality so I do not know how much of that could be true, but if it is, it is very scary. So I'm not talking about a quack or Guruji or, you know, who can give you, I'm, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about certified medical professionals who are out there thinking that it is some sort of an aberration which needs to be addressed. And I thought this is something which would have happened 50 years ago, but it seems, it, it seems that it is still a thing and parents, you know, kind of tap on to these people from time to time. So, uh, so one thing which I really, really like from what Manmadarjan said that, uh, you know, training the trainers is, I believe, very, very crucial, not just, you know, people at large, but also those who are supposed to tell people or listen to them and guide them. Yeah, I mean, that is, that is something really important and that needs to be there. Can I answer that part with the counselor, uh, which uh, Shweta mentioned? Yeah, you're, you're very right. In fact, uh, last year I, I was invited to, uh, for a panel discussion with uh, one of some of leading psychiatrists, psychologists of India who are part of the Indian Psychiatric Association. Because as you would know now, they, uh, like how American Psychiatric Association had ruled out that homosexuality is not a mental disorder way back in 1970s. Indian Psychiatric Association has also said that maintain the same thing. In fact, they were one of the petitioners to the Supreme Court uh, when the Section 377 was being uh, uh, heard. Uh, they, they have also filed that petition in the Supreme Court saying that Section 377 should be read down. Now, uh, this map, this kind of things are coming to my note, note, notice also to my knowledge also. So I could raise this question when I was invited uh, by this panel that I said that if 
somebody from your mental health professional behaves in this manner then what do you think we should do you know do, do you think she should be uh, his license should be cancelled or he should be given a notice or you know what because this is not right you know you're not uh, you're kind of uh, misusing your uh, license your medical license you know uh, so the the the, the association told me that that's no the, the better way for us we, we of course we do try to see that uh, first and foremost we correct such behavior you know as soon as this kind of a person comes to a notice we we try and correct that behavior and you know tell them that look uh, this is not the right way of dealing with the the patient is come to you you are supposed to handle them with a lot of sensitivity and see that you know they are, they are not discouraged from uh, coming to you so uh, that is one thing if if they are not able to uh, you know uh, listen to them after giving them several chances then as a last resort they they are uh, they said we, we can go to the extent of uh, Uh, you know removing them from the association or and even like taking stringent action against them uh, for exploitation and there have been cases which have been filed in the court also where like you know uh, the action has been taken against people who have tried to uh, you know uh, do this conversion and and now with the justice venkatesh's uh, decision i think the laws become going to become even more strict you know Where the, 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 I mean, because this is a criminal activity. You know, you are playing with somebody's life. You know, imagine somebody comes goes to a, a doctor for treatment, and on, on, instead of treating, you are you are driving that person to suicide. You know, you you the person is going to commit suicide if, uh, rather than getting cured. So uh, the, this part was taken acknowledged by the panelists uh, by the uh, the psychology association, and uh, I'm I'm sure uh, you know things would be better in the days to come. yeah i mean uh, you know as as you said that educating the trainers are as important as sensitizing the children right so yeah i even i completely agree with that the children should be sensitized about these topics and not just you know lgbtq sexuality it should be uh, they should be sensitized about gender about about every societal aspect they are going to encounter in life so you know uh, i mean so the students you know the uh, उनको बोला जाता है ना यू नो कली है दे कैन बी यू नो एज एज मोलेड एज वी वांट सो दे शुड बी सेंसिटाइज फ्रॉम द स्कूल लेवल एंड यूनिवर्सिटी लेवल सो आई आई हर्ड अबाउट दिस ग्राफिक नोवेल इट्स कॉल्ड द टेल्स फ्रॉम कैंपस इट्स अ मिसगाइड टू कॉलेज एंड इट इज एस्पेशली फॉर कॉलेज स्टूडेंट्स इन इंडिया एंड इट कंटेन्स स्टोरीज एंड थीम्स ऑफ डिफरेंट जेंडर सेक्शुअलिटी क्लास कास्ट एक्सेट्रा एंड as i said i can actually talk on and on and on about the book but let's hear about it from the author herself professor shweta raukar so ma'am please give us some insight about the book uh, so first of all thank you uh, radio club for even allowing this to happen so when i heard that uh, uh, you know manmohan singh is coming and you know rahul and others are coming so i thought this is a great uh, uh, chance great opportunity to uh, talk about this book the book will be out in a couple of months but uh, so i i started you know in dict we started gender sensitizing and uh, i'm not saying that i'm 100% you know content with where we are but it's a journey that we have begun a couple of years ago and while i began that i also realized that there is a dearth of books 
dearth of resources which I could give students to read. And I'm talking about a particular kind of student, the kind of students, and, and this is not a, a you know, comment on everybody here, but students hate to read these days. And, and these are, you know, maybe these are engineering students. This is the Netflix generation, and you would rather read it on Quora. And um, I talk about literature. They say my favorite uh, poet is on Instagram. So you know what I'm talking about. So, uh, so, so yes, yeah, so I, I realize that we need something which is visually appealing, and yet it gives information, knowledge, and also builds on curiosity. So I thought it has to be somewhere between a Quora post and, and you know, uh, Dharmin just mentioned men XP. I don't know what that is, but I'm sure it, it, it is like one of those. I'm, I'm not undermining those resources. I'm sure they are important. And between a very, very academic writer, because I, I am from academia, and I also understand that giving that to students is not the best. We want them to get it. So uh, this book, and by the way, this is the, I'm unveiling the cover for the first time. So the book cover uh, is out. So, uh, so yes, it's called The Tales from Campus, This Guide to College, and it is illustrated by uh, Prajakta Kavtekar and Prathmesh Siddesh. Uh, they both were students uh, from the IICT. They belong to uh, the design group, and we have a thriving MDiv program in the uh, institute. And uh, both these students are now former students. They put their heart and soul in it, and they were throughout this journey. They were guided by Professor Binita Desai, who is the convener of our gender cell. So I can't tell you how fortunate I am to be in the ICT, to have colleagues like Vinita, to have students like Prasnesh and Prajatta, who we all worked on this book, and we're really proud of it. It has stories of, um, it, so this, it is not just about a character. There are many characters, and these are stories which I've heard, you know, so we all have ear and eyes on campus, the kind of campuses I grew up in, and that made me the kind of person I am, and the kind of campus where I'm teaching. So these are stories that I've heard, I've seen people experience it, and inspired by some of the students' life, because as I said, uh, you know, students, I've been very privileged that students come and share their stories with me. So, uh, so maybe when they read, uh, students who usually don't read would be inspired to read, and it doesn't give any answers. On the other hand, it makes you ask questions on what it means to be a woman, what it means to be a man, uh, what does it mean, you know, to express one's sexuality, what does it mean to be a Dalit student in India right now, you know, when, when everybody says, so usually, you know, what is this whole Suvarna, you know, uh, talk about that, okay, some people have it so easy, so what does that even mean? So it is at many levels undercuts what it means to be powerful, it makes people look and relook at their privileges. So, uh, so with these intentions, we have created this book. And today, I think uh, we had this auspicious program, you know, platform where I could share the cover. And I am very grateful for you to uh, hear me out. And if you have any comments, uh, I would love to uh, hear you. Yeah. So, uh, first of all, although I <laughs> recently graduated, but I'm kind of excited about this book. So. First of all, thank you so much. Uh, secondly, as uh, as we were talking about, you know, uh, sensitizing sensitizing uh, the students, and actually, I would like to personally thank Gender Cell and Gender Studies Group for doing these sessions, doing this play. I remember that while doing while preparing for the play, while rehearsing, you would come there, you would give us your inputs, and we would have we would have such a lot of fun. After after the plays would end, we would actually talk to the students, the freshers in groups. We would talk about talk about anything. They would we would talk about 
their experiences, their stories, and it was quite nice. I guess that's the point for me when I was a fresher. I would say that that was the point I kind of started to open up to the seniors at least. So you know, so thank you so much for that. Because if that wouldn't happen, I still think that in a class of three fifty, I would still be a child who's who's like a sitting in a corner. So yeah, thank you so much for sensitizing these. So uh, in DICT, there are such sessions. So I would like to ask Rahu what. Uh, what does like what's the scene at IIT Gandhinagar? Do they do such sessions and like what what's the difference and yeah so uh, well yeah um, so as the club I was mentioning by the way this is the second time I'm giving a presentation or talking to DICT people <laughs> <laughs> so yeah um, they they have such uh, events they do organize such events uh, although if i'm not wrong because i i keep checking their you know activities uh, because i'm informally i'm still the member of that club <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah the frequency has uh, come down but uh, i'm i'm glad to see that uh, you know the new leadership they are they are trying their level best to uh, sensitize people not only through talks and discussions but through different activities for example recently uh, um, they in this pride month they organized this uh, some some open mic uh, not open mic actually so it was three uh, events activities like painting then writing so whatever you feel like and you can share by written content like that and uh, i'm one of the judges so i am so glad to see some some of them have written you know, it's beautifully. The theme was coming out LGBTQ, gender, sexuality, and some of them have written beautifully. I have to say this. So um, yes, there are activities. Um, and besides this, so because there is human, uh, um, uh, another department, cognitive science and humanities. You know, so they they keep on uh, organizing such sessions. Um, so yeah, they they do have such uh, initiatives. Right. Right. So, um, I mean, I would like to ask uh, you and Manindra sir. So, like when you said you came out, there is still, you know, it's not like you just wake up one morning and yeah, I'm going to come out today. <laughs> I don't think that's how it happens. But when you did, like you started with, you know, maybe friends and family, and then you started like, uh, like including the inner circle and everything. So, when you did, when this coming out progress was happening, did you encounter some toxic masculinity or you know rejection of lgbtq i i'm kind of sure kind of sure that you must have because i don't think everyone can be as open-minded and accepting because I, and they should be but sad reality they're not so yeah i would like to say uh, like ask what kind of scenarios you encountered and i'm asking this because i mean of course these are your personal uh, experiences but i think that people who are actually coming out, maybe we can, you know, show some similarity to at least some extent that they might be going or they must be going through similar kind of experience. So, yeah, I would like to ask about that. Manvindra, sir, please go ahead. Yeah, so I had extreme reactions, you know. <laughs> I mean, I don't think uh, anyone would have had this kind of reaction now, but I mean, those days, of course, uh, it was something different. So my reactions have gone to uh, to the extent of even the LGBT community going against me, which, which was very sad because uh, 
I, that was the last thing I had expected, you know, that uh, my own people who are from the community will, will you know, will uh, disassociate with me. And I, I'll tell you why that happened also, because they were scared that now that I'm out uh, and the, their parents know that they are friends with me, so now they will be out, you know. Like, for example, now I'm, I'm friends with Rahul and uh, Rahul is coming to my home. I'm visiting him and his parents know about me and all that. So they will de definitely doubt Rahul that if Manvendra has come out as gay, then definitely Rahul is also gay. So they, they, they blocked me. You know, they, they just disconnected. They said, we don't want to do anything with you, you know, uh, because of this. So I said, fine, it's up to you. You know, it's, uh, I mean, uh, I am, I'm not a loser. By your, you know, disconnecting with me, it's, it's fine. If, if you want, don't want to connect with me, then that that's okay for me. So those were the kind of things. Uh, and the worst thing which happened to me was I I started getting death threats. You know, uh, and uh, and why this death threats happened also, I'll tell you the reason. Because when I came out uh, as uh, openly as gay and I said that I'm I'm the first member of a royal family to come out, but not the only one. Which means that I knew of some. Uh, royals uh, in India who are gay or lesbians or, or trans, you know, because can have gays everywhere. You know, it's not that royal families cannot have gays. So <laughs> there's a lot of us, I, I whenever I say, I said, we are, <clears throat> we are not gays, but we are kind of uh, queens hiding in the royal closet, you know. <laughs> so so I, I kind of knew about that. So now they, they felt very insecure because they said, now this guy got shameless. He's outed himself, and the time will come when he's going to out us also. And when we get outed, then the you know, as a two royal family people has all kinds of misconceptions about us in India, thanks to the Indian history books. But, but uh, like you know, then the, the reputation of the royal families will get ruined. So I had no reason to out anyone. Why should I out anyone? You know, that's their personal life. But then people were scared, and so they started the. Uh, instigating and in royal families, you know, and or any uh, reputed families, conspiracies are very common. You know, you see the, the in what happened in Nepal, the royal massacre happened, the whole royal family was finished, you know. So it's very easy to kill somebody, you know, they just fail my break or push me in the river and I get eaten by a crocodile and it will be just kind of an accident, you know, they will not even know that, uh, uh, you know, and so I was extra careful and cautious, even while I was driving the car, I used to, you know, test my brake to see <laughs> if my brake is working, you know, <laughs> because uh, you never know, you know, anything can happen. Then, one day what happened, something really interesting happened, uh, and I've, I've shared this on even TED Talks also, I actually met my assassin. <laughs> I, I, I'm laughing now, but actually, uh, I'm so lucky. Uh, who meets an assassin? You know, if you, by the time you meet, you're gone, you're, you're dead, you know. Uh, so, uh, I, I actually met my assassin and he came to me and he said, I want to confess with you something. And I, I, he says that I was hired to kill you. I said, wow. <laughs> I said, where is your weapon? You know, I'm standing here. Why, why, why aren't you doing anything with me? And he said, no, that thing got flopped because that, uh, that uh, contract was, uh, you know, not negotiable, so so the, it, it was all cancelled. So now uh, I'm not uh, uh, going to do anything. But he said the reason why I came to tell you this is that I was guilty conscious, uh, and that uh, I couldn't have died, you know, without having informed you. So he came specially to meet me and to tell me that uh, 
he was guilty conscious that he was hired to kill me and uh, uh, and uh, uh, and he wanted to uh, confess to me and apologize. And now we are very good friends. I said, come, let's have coffee together. You know, <laughs> so so but but see, these are the things which can happen to you. I mean, of course, I know it will. Yes, I my, I tell you my my consequences for extreme. You know, which will which will not be a common story for everyone. But uh, since you asked me to share, I said. Uh, uh, let me share my, my part of my story. Okay. Um, three words. Oh my God. <laughs> I actually don't have anything else to say. I mean, so the saddest part is you being rejected by your own community. That's, that's actually, as you said, the last thing that you would want to happen. So yeah, as I said, I don't really have any words. I mean, I, I'm kind of, you know, a, a big fan of you. You are so brave. Oh my God, just big fan. <laughs> there is nothing more I can actually say. Yeah. Um, Rahul, what are your experiences? Uh, well, um, sir, 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 so don't don't hate us. <laughs> we are so <laughs> lovely people. We yeah. we, uh, we have only love to give. So yeah. Uh, my acceptance and coming out journey was okay. Matlab, uh, I would say I was privileged. I am privileged that I didn't have to go through all these things, which majority of the people go through actually. You know, uh, my first coming out was with uh, to my brother. Uh, that was five years ago. My younger brother. Um, and uh, he was very supportive. He still is such good. And uh, that that actually gave me a sense of uh, you know courage to come out and to be the person I am. Then uh, when I came to IIT, I was pretty much okay with my sexuality. And then <clears throat> that was actually the phase when I started coming out to people. <clears throat> Again, um, something happened, backlashes and all. <coughs> So um, I I remember there was this uh, group, you know, uh, they they told my friends that don't talk to Rahul, don't be friend with Rahul because he's gay, he's gonna turn you gay. I was like seriously, I mean I wish I could, <laughs> but it doesn't work like, like that. It's like a virus, you get infected. Yeah. I didn't know that. <laughs> I mean if if this was possible, then Chris Evans would have been the first person I would like to turn gay. <laughs> but I'm sorry, this doesn't work like that. So people don't have influence on others to be gay or to be heterosexual, and this is something which made me realize that there is. Huge, huge lack of uh, you know knowledge and education among people. Then um, uh, that was actually my major coming out because literally everybody knew uh, uh, in the campus. I came out to my parents in 2019. Uh, uh, that was the time when I was done with my masters and the, and my parents started you know uh, uh, finding a girl for me, <laughs> and my brother was like, now this is the high time to to tell parents. <clears throat> Actually, me and my brother, both of us planned how we are going to tell them. Uh, and he helped a lot. Uh, so we explained them everything and they had no idea what homosexuality is. But and I was ready for all the, you know, Indian melodrama, everything. Uh, but thankfully, nothing of that sort happened. 
uh, although they didn't know anything about it, but they didn't use this thing to scold me or to pressurize me for marriage, nothing of that sort. And that is why I always say that I'm so, so privileged. Uh, still now they are on their journey to, to educate themselves about these things. And uh, they are super supportive. They know the kind of work I do. In fact, um, in, in February 2020, we organized Gandhinagar's first Pride. My mom and my brother wanted to attend that Pride, but unfortunately something came up and they couldn't. And in June uh, 2020, last year, uh, we organized Global Pride. Uh, Manvinder Sir was also there. And uh, my mother made it a point that uh, she made sure that she, at least the Indian portion she watched, and she watched like for like, 50, 60 minutes of all the Indian uh, content. So, um, yeah, and and this is what we want. You know, if we get support from our families, uh, but uh, family is the most difficult thing. And when you get support from a family, this is, this is something which we always uh, desire to have. Uh, now the thing is like, uh, um, they are pretty cool about it and, um, and I really hope that about coming out thing, so whosoever is planning to come out, I really want to tell them, uh, <clears throat> first thing, come out only when you are pretty sure. You are sure as in you are comfortable with your sexuality and in your skin. Second thing, as far as possible, please come out only when you are you know, financially independent and security is there. Because it's a good thing to be optimistic, but at the same time, it is also a good thing to be practical and to be ready for the worst case scenarios. So, yeah, I think Baki to Hamlok to hang Great, great, great. So, um, Shweta, ma'am, my question to you is kind of similar, but there is an umbrella of disclaimer under which this question works. So, okay, so first of all, what what my, uh, you know, what I thought when I talked to you first, that was the orientation day, that this is the person I can talk to about literally anything. So since you are also a gender cell member, have you encountered like students coming to you and sharing their, you know, uh, like weird experiences? Because as you said, you know, if, if even a counselor says that you need to, you know, need a conversion therapy or something i i know that you're not <laughs> but so i'm kind of like i don't know like have you encountered such students who are going through such difficulties and they have come to you and talked to you about it i have Dharmin. i have and uh, it's it's i mean as i just said i don't want to get into the details but as i say that it is it was uh, for me it was a shock that uh somebody at this point of time in this day and age would have to go through the kind of things that he was going through so it was just painful to to do to to just be you know listening to that and and i can't imagine how traumatic it would have been for that person right so even though uh, i mean I, I must admit that bicity is not a space which is i mean openly hostile i would say so this person was not uncomfortable being himself in the institute. But remember, the world is broader, larger than uh, college campuses, and it may not be so charitable, you know. So, uh, you know, he, in fact, said that school was worse. 
than the campus, you know, because there were all kinds of language which was used at him. So, you know, while talking to him and, and then while many others, I realized that how we were talking about awareness. And, and I know, I think role of language is so, so important. I mean, Rahul, when you entered, I saw that, you know, so there is this, he's written he and him. And if you others are wondering why, it's like to tell people that how do you want or how does he want him to be addressed at? So this is just, just one example to say that how language itself could alienate language itself could empower and uh, at least you know it, we we start by being conscious Rahul just told his story about his parents and he said that he expected all the melodrama but you know they are still the, the parents are still on this journey of discovery so it just tells you that you ignorance is not you know uh, a reason an excuse to be jerks you are jerks because you are not because you're ignorant so i mean that's also there when i when i look at more and more accounts uh, of of people that uh, you just can't blame the ignorance it's also i think at, at some level it's also basic empathy that uh, as a culture we need to work on and we are talking about here at this point of time we are talking about lgbtq plus a communities but i'm also talking about you know many women students for instance they come to me and they say how traumatic it was when they got their first periods for instance something which is a very very biological you know right of passage you know biological right of passage and even for something like that uh, you know there is this um, uh, this whole feeling that something is dirty inside my own body. So suddenly there is no acceptance. There is alienation from one's own body in a very, very straightforward biological, you know, part of, of women's part. So if that is the case, if this is how our culture makes women, you know, be, you know, uh, feel about their own bodies, I don't even want to imagine what uh, people who are considered of, you know, different sexualities, how are they supposed to feel about themselves? So uh, rejection, pollution, the fact that I'm not clean enough, the fact that I'm dirty, it, it's so ingrained in us. And uh, I think we need to uh, maybe at some level begin by being conscious of our language. That's the first step. Right, right, right. So, I mean, oh, uh, when you said that it, it, you don't even want to, like, you know, begin to imagine what a people of the sexuality can go through. I mean, so whatever pressure that one has on oneself, like, you know, not accept, accepting one who he or she is, that kind of, you know, begins with the societal pressure, like whatever they have, you know, heard about it and saw what's going on in this society. Like they must have seen something like, huh, these kind of things I don't think I should do. Again, everything, everything, comes out to one point, society, because, you know, we as human are kind of social creatures, we, we want to have a place in our society. So, um, Rahul, what, what, do you, what are your opinions on this particular thing? How can one, you know, start to accept oneself? Um. Well, I think, sabse pehle toh, I think you only answered this thing, ke, get rid of this idea that people will say, you know, uh, and I know it's very easy to say, but very hard to implement and use, but this is actually the, you know, key thing which we have to keep in mind. People are going to say every time, no matter who you are, no matter what choices you make, every time, even if you are scoring 90%, people are going to say, why didn't you score 95? Even if I am scoring 50%, people will say, why, uh, why, didn't, uh, why couldn't you score 60% or 70%? Mm -hmm. 
लोगों का काम ही कहना पीपल विल हैव एक्सपेक्टेशन एंड वी आर नॉट हेयर टू फुलफिल समबडीज एक्सपेक्टेशन वी आर हेयर टू हैव आर ओन ड्रीम्स टू लिव दोज ड्रीम्स राइट सो वी हैव टू गेट रिड ऑफ दिस दिस मेंटेलिटी कि लोग क्या कहेंगे फर्स्ट थिंग सेकेंड थिंग इज एवरीबडीज जर्नी इज डिफरेंट राइट एंड एंड वी नीड टू टेक सम टाइम uh it's not an abrupt thing that okay aaj pata laga and then kal hi humne bataya yaar share kiya kuch logon ke sath no take time you know uh, uh, let it like let it digest in your mind ki this is this is something which is happening to me and third thing is um get support from allies i would say uh, allies are really really important you know part of the lgbtq community they are the ones who are actually going to uh support you you know um for example if and if you're going through certain situations reach out to counselors reach out to people you trust um uh, reach out to organizations which are working in this direction i think uh, i uh, and once you are completely okay with uh, your sexuality with the person you are i think it's it's good to you know not hide it anymore but yes these are the things which we really need to keep in mind uh get rid of this mentality log kya kahenge because log will every uh, log hamesha hi kahenge second thing is um get uh, get, get support from people uh, reach out to those people who are into this profession like counselors and uh, who are working for people like in organizations and finally come out with rainbow colors and just to add one more thing rahul if i'm you know if i may yes, is, is that look you know so i understand that coming out is another rite of passage which is extremely crucial but you added it and i just want to expand on that that come out when you are sure also be careful if you are secure if you think you could be threatened around your circumstances yeah. don't because i think oh, uh, survival yeah. is extremely important so right. uh, and, and at the same time like of course uh, it's 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 a crucial part of your own growth and expressing who you are but uh, your security is is of course and i mean here we have manvendra sir with all the privileges he himself was threatened and of course like and thank god he nothing happened and he offered coffee to his assassin and that's a great by the way it could be title of your autobiography <laughs> having <laughs> how many people can claim that but i'm saying that for others coffee with my assassin exactly i'm going to read that book if you write that so other uh, words for others i mean i'm just saying that that is also very important so there shouldn't be any pressure to out yourself only when you are very clear about the circumstances or, or i don't know so so it, in my opinion that's also i mean as as a maybe as a teacher i'm maybe i'm, I'm thinking a lot about security and safety of students then uh, no no absolutely and in fact uh, this this pressure of coming out is very much uh, you know uh, prominent in when somebody is in relationship you know when the one person is out and the other person is not out and maybe the person is not telling him or her that you should come out but the kind of pressure this person is going through because there are certain things which you can't do in public yeah you know you can't show your love you can't show uh, you can't have pdas and you can't be just who you are in public so this this creates a lot of pressure on that so we need to uh, you know um, keep in mind and consider that we shouldn't be the reason for someone's uh, pressurized coming out thing so you know uh, the person should take time uh, as uh, i said that the person has to be comfortable and considering the security and safety of self yeah 
Um, yeah, so actually, uh, yesterday we had another session and when we actually, uh, yeah, you know, um, discussed in detail, like how to be an ally, as you said, allies are really actually the most crucial thing, I would say, because these are the people you actually go to first, right? So uh, let's, let's just uh, like take a scenario that uh, you are coming up to me. So as your friend, how do you think I should, uh, you know, comply with it like you know it is implied that huh, i need to be open-minded i shouldn't judge but what are some kind of corner cases that you wouldn't like me to do that for example like you know not make sexist jokes like and you know that could any way relate to you coming out to me so yeah about what's your take on that Me? Yes, sir. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, well, to be an ally, the very first thing is uh, to be open-minded, you know, and when I say open-minded, this doesn't mean that you need to know everything. You just have to be a good listener. You know, you just have to make the other person comfortable that whatever conversation is being is happening between us, this will be within uh, between us. Um, second thing is to educate yourself. Uh, it's very important because, you know, uh, until and unless you educate yourself, you won't be able to know the entire scenario because there are things like the situation which I have gone through or people from the LGBT community have gone through. Allies can never experience that, you know. So to get glimpse, to get gist of what the community people go through, they should be well educated. Um, third thing is ask as many questions as you want to, you know. I, I still remember that there were a couple of people who were very curious because this concept was entirely new to them and they were very curious and I was very happy answering all those questions. But there are certain questions which, uh, which uh, people should not ask, like people should not ask about their sexual preferences. This is something which is their personal thing, you know. So yeah, besides this, I guess, ask as many questions you want and, and we will be super happy to answer all your queries and questions. Uh, next is, um, I would say stand up, stand up and stand, speak out when, when something wrong is happening, when somebody is saying some sexist comment or, you know, uh, speak out loud because this is, uh, even if the person is not with you, because this is something how you are going to support the entire community, not just that one person, because that comment is made for the entire community. And fifth or fourth thing, whichever number is, I think community, uh, uh, Ultimately, it's our fight, you know, it's our fight. We will always be grateful to the allies, but at the same time, we should also understand as ally, I should also understand that wherever is needed, I will be supporting the LGBT community, but let the LGBT community speak for themselves, you know. So I think uh, these are the things which we should take into consideration when we are, uh, when we really want to support the cause. Right. Um, so again, kind of similar question to Manvendra sir. Like, you know, being you when you came out, I mean, because since you belong to a royal family, like there must be some sort of a family pressure. So like then how, like, I guess I kind of asked that, like, how did you come out? But like, who were your exact, I mean, allies? did you have a brother or sister like Rahul has 
because you know as your journey kind of threads that was anyway really extreme but since you know uh, some kind of you know silver lining to that that these were the good things that happened yeah in my case unfortunately i didn't have any family support also you know so i didn't have i mean of course there was a support from the community when i came out and i would uh, like to acknowledge the support of uh, a gentleman his name is ashok rao kavi who is happens to be uh, the first person in india to have come out you know he came out in 1980s imagine i mean the, the, that that time even nobody would have known what you know uh, or rather you know, this word gay also would not have been <coughs> spoken in the mainstream uh, communication so he has come out in 1980s and he is one of the legends uh, he, we call him the he's the uh, godfather of the lgbt uh, community and the and the and the you know the leader of the lgbt movement in india so i was fortunate to have uh, come in touch with him and he was the one who constantly guided me right from the time uh, i i kind of you know came out to him because uh, he was my counselor also and uh, he was the one who made me feel comfortable with my sexuality and mentored me made me feel proud about myself and also was the one who who kind of helped me to start lakshya trust in in gujarat so uh, uh, all throughout my journey even now i mean now also i mean whenever i need him i always call him he is he is quite old now he is now 74 uh, he he doesn't keep good health he is like almost retired in his life but he is my 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 guru you know my my guru my godfather whatever you may call it and he has been a very good source of inspiration for me and uh, whatever i do uh, and uh, and definitely he is also very proud of me also so uh, uh, you know so I, whenever i have any issue whenever i have you know any thing where i get stuck i always reach out to him and uh, he has been uh, the one who has you know guided me all throughout uh, my entire journey uh, from uh, pre coming out to coming out to post coming out and all whatever has happened uh, i owe my uh, you know uh, attitude to him for uh, for guiding me and not just me he has guided so many of us today uh, yeah, i am very proud that india and uh, we so many leaders in in the, this lgbt movement i always believe that this movement uh, has to continue the the torch uh, bearers have to pass on this torch this flame has to continue burning it cannot end with ashok rao kavi it cannot end with manvendra singh gohil it cannot end with rahul upadhyay this movement has to continue has to go keep on going and i'm glad that there are leaders are have been created like how ashok prepared me i have, i have try, i am trying to prepare other leaders and i am very proud to see rahul as one of the one of the the leaders that uh, you know who has, who has already uh, had the uh, torch he has already uh, having the torch in his hand she is the torch bearer of the uh, movement so we have to continue our work and uh, this is endless you know this is uh, this is something which is not going to uh, you know to you know come to an end this is going to be an endless uh, fight it is going to be an endless uh, you know uh, movement and uh, it has to go on for i don't know how long but uh, yes so that, that that's what i had to say that's actually uh, great to hear that you had a particular inspiration to go from and that's actually really as i said a kind of silver lining to it so i'm glad that happened now i i want to talk about some of the legality so 
a little while ago we talked about uh, the madras case and where a good judgment was you know uh, like made so talking about that what are the current laws for lgbtq community like we know that uh, the section 377 was demolished in 2018 uh but what has what's the current scenario because i'm not sure if same sex marriages are still legal or not so yeah i would like to talk about that manvindra sir if you because you are activist you i you must be knowing so yeah yeah i'm sure rahul is also aware of it but uh, anyway you asked me this question so i will answer first so uh, yeah uh, very true i mean uh, i i just want to correct correct you uh, section 377 was not demolished it was read down so they they, they made amendments in the in the, the law still remains in force it's only uh, that it it is now says that any adults who are consenting to have sex with each other uh, will not be uh, punished under the law so uh, which means that uh, and why why this adults and why consenting has been brought into the picture because this law has uh, secured uh, three individuals one is uh, children because uh, if you are adult then you know obviously you, uh, you, i mean if you are a child you cannot uh, have sex even if it is consensual that because that uh, gives rise to uh, child abuse or you know uh, pedophilia and things like that uh, and number two uh, it is it has also protected uh, uh, sex post sex rape molestation all these cases with men and with women because you know even men can be molested or raped sexually abused so it has to be with consent so that is the why the, the women and men are protected against any kind of post sex or rape and all thirdly it has protected animal rights which not many people know because when this law was enacted during the colonial law it also talks about sex between man and animal and women and animals which i mean which was <laughs> which sounds very illogical because i mean and again queen victoria was the one who brought it you know so maybe she thought that indians has sex with animals you know so so, so she brought that also in the picture so so it, it is protecting animals uh, in this you know so therefore this law is there if you have sex with animals then definitely i mean i'll be the first person who will who will file the file a case against the person because i am an animal rights activist also you know i will not want uh, animals uh, rights to be uh, compromised in any way so that is the 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 law which uh, happened in the 2018 uh, 6 september now the question is that uh, uh, whether this, this law which was amended does it include other rights of the lgbt community as was newly passed it was just uh, reading down of section 377 which was not even an indian law it was a foreign law and which unfortunately continued after independence in spite of the fact of having such a, a beautiful indian constitution written by dr baba saheb ambedkar so it was merely restoring the rights which were we were deprived of so we were actually uh, if this law would not have continued we would have even fought for it you know because our indian constitution is very clear it is giving rights to all indian citizens without discriminating on the basis of caste creed sex gender and sexuality so there was no reason to even go to the court but it was this law which forced us to go to the court and to fight for last uh, almost 3 decades it took to get this uh, law change uh, which which uh, which maybe dharmin and uh, shweta you all don't know this fact but 
we fought for both of you also because this law was also targeting heterosexual population which people don't know about you know it was it was it talked about sexual uh, any kind of unnatural sex which uh, between a man and a woman which doesn't result in procreation you know so one theory says that even masturbation was criminal so <laughs> imagine the whole country was uh, criminal you know but who who fought for uh, the country we people fought we, we don't get credit for that doesn't matter but uh, we should not even be you know get given discrimination uh, you know for doing something good for the whole country but uh, so that, this was the law now uh, since this law is not talking about any other right it is just talking about the constitution right so definitely there are lot of other rights for which we need to still uh, uh, fight for and get justice because i mean it, it, till the time we don't fight you don't get any right you know so we have to fight for it and we have to knock the doors of the court and to tell them we need justice so one of them is the the right to marriage for which the petition has been filed in the in the delhi high court and uh, the madras high court decision is definitely going to make the case stronger uh, uh, because uh, it it, uh, it it you know talks about uh, marriage rights as well marriage equality and all that there's a there, there was another uh, case which happened in madurai uh, in which a trans woman had uh, you know challenged the court because she was not she was uh, wanting to get married with a man and uh, the, the marriage was denied so the, that madurai court also said that uh, uh, you know the trans woman has a right to get married with a with a man because under the hindu marriage act there, there is the word groom and bride it doesn't say uh, gender and sexuality and those things things are not there so as a trans woman she has a right to get married to the man and they have got married so uh, there are cases which are going to help our delhi high court judgment it's, it's a matter of time there are petitions have been filed and i'm sure uh, one fine day I, how we got section 377 amended uh, this marriage equality also will will happen and there are some others for which we need to address is the right to inherit a right to adoption so there are many other uh, areas where we need to fight but currently the, this uh, this, uh, this focus is on the the uh, marriage marriage and uh, right to marriage okay great um rahul chetan do you have anything to add to that i think, I think uh, sir has uh, yeah has everything <laughs> perfect so we so i actually i'm just curious about this so uh, so after madras court does it what is the second step so do they then uh, Uh, so do you then uh, go to the supreme court or how how what is the further step after it comes uh, through the madras high court see madras high court uh, uh, as it i said it is not a judgment as it it is a decision so this case is uh, according to the lawyer when i spoke to him he said the case is still going to go on it's just an interim order because this order is, was had to be made to protect this lesbian couple You know, because they they were not just harassed by parents, but even by the police, and and then the the the, the so they, it was very necessary to protect. Otherwise, you know, uh, one of them could have been killed, or they would have committed suicide. So it was a question of a life. So therefore, this interim order was made, and now the case is going to go on. Once this case uh, goes on, if nobody challenges it, then it will uh, obviously it will not go to the Supreme Court. It will it will be a decision of Madras uh, High Court, and uh, it will uh, it will be binding on. not just uh, tamil nadu but for the entire country which is another good thing which is which is going to happen 
So, uh, and, uh, but yeah, if it gets challenged, then uh, we'll have to suffer some more years and, you know, wait till the Supreme Court uh, hears it and then, uh, you know, decide and know what the judgment as, as it happened in Section 377, because our case also was uh, decided by the Delhi High Court in our favor in uh, 2009. And uh, and then uh, it was challenged, and uh, the, the appeal was filed in the Supreme Court, which un unfortunately initially we lost in 2013. But then the Supreme Court also has a provision that where you can file for a curative petition if you are not given justice under very specific grounds. And our case came under that category. Even we there are only three, four, or five cases in the, since the time India has got independent which has been gone into curative petition. So we were very lucky that Supreme Court allowed us to file a curative petition uh, in the Supreme Court. And uh, and uh, that case was filed in 2014. And in and, and four years, in 2018, we won the case. So, uh, you know, so there has been our ups and downs have been there in our, uh, our judicial uh, laws and all. But we have to just be patient enough and, uh, you know, uh, see. But then uh, what? Uh, what we need to do is we need to do our advocacy, which is very important. Because, uh, you know, even judicial advocacy, advocacy with lawyers, law practitioners, that has to be done uh, because uh, you never know, you know, uh, some open-minded judge might come who, who, would be, who would be in our favor, you know. Like we had the, 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 the Supreme Court judgment where it was a bench of five judges. It was a unanimous decision. Not even one judge from the five bench members said that uh, Section 377 uh, it should not be let down. You know, it was a unanimous decision by all five. In fact, one, one of the lady judge, I'm forgetting her name now, she went on to even add that the country owes an apology to the LGBT community for all their discrimination which they have done and the, 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 the fact that our human rights have been violated. So, uh, that's what that uh, you know the judgment said. So yeah, so let's wait and see what happens. Let us try. You stole my word. <laughs> so let's yeah, uh, when when Marvind sir said that uh, one of the uh, you know judges, the female judge, she mentioned that history owes an apology. And I think one more statement I would like to quote over here, uh, uh, former Chief Justice of India, uh, Deepak Mishra. He said. Um, when when they were actually giving the judgment, um, the statement was, "I am who I am, so take me what I am." So yeah, this was really really powerful. <laughs> right, actually, that's actually really good news that you know, Mira Desh bal raha hai. So yeah, that is something you know, uh, something which I can say in a like going in a positive positive direction. So yeah, another thing. <laughs> This is like more specific to the pandemic since you both are activists and this is like Pride Month. This is the high time when we, you know, educate people about the community. So how did you exactly tackle these challenges? Because, you know, large gatherings, you know, Pride parades, everything is, you know, banned kind of. So like how, how did you, you know, virtually was it? I was, I'm sure it was not easy. But yeah, how did you tackle these challenges? You know, virtuality. Uh, Manindra sir, if you can go first. Rahul say because then I take away his words, you know. So <laughs> 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 let him say 
Let him speak and then I'll fill in the blanks. Um, well, I think we are kind of rivers, you know. नदियों को जब ऑब्सेशन मिलता है तो वो अपना रास्ता खुद ही बना लेते हैं अलग से so i think uh, we have now developed that tendency you know of course in person events can never compensate for or can never be equivalent to virtual things but then um, this is what we have and we have to do with this thing only as of now so uh, uh, no doubt pride parade has been cancelled and pride parade is very important to mark the visibility you know uh, because whatever uh, sessions we are having whatever virtual pride parades we are having majority of the viewers are from the community or allies but what we have on ground is the people you know not just from not just allies or lgbt people but everyone out there so this is what we are lacking as of now that we are not able to mark our visibility and it is very important to do that because um, because i see it that way okay if we want a solution to a problem then first of all we have to admit we have to accept that there is a problem and the problem is uh, denial of people towards the existence of lgbt community people don't even say that we exist you know so this is a problem and to show them that yes we exist uh, we have these pride parades and other events but at the same time uh, one good thing which has happened which pandemic has taught us that uh, we really have to be adaptive you know adaptive to situations which we have uh, beautifully managed everything has come online and another thing which has happened is those who were able to attend the pride events maybe if i'm organizing a pride event in gandhinagar then people from gandhinagar or ahmedabad now people from other countries are able to uh, attend those events participate interact so i think this is this is something which we really uh, which is really beautiful and we should take it forward even though when we are going to have pride parades in in uh, uh, on ground in physical and other events we should make it a point that this is also accessible to people who are not able to join in person so yeah i think we are navigating beautifully but yes i would like to correct uh, you know over here that pride month is uh, like why why should there be sensitization only in pride month this has to be there throughout the year and uh no doubt pride month is to celebrate our existence to celebrate our sexuality and also to pay tribute to those who sacrifice their lives for us uh pride month is for that but i think sensitization and awareness programs and these things should be there throughout the year yeah definitely Sir, over um, to you <laughs> yeah now you have taken away my word so <laughs> 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 yeah, we have taken it for time, but yeah, I, I completely agree to what you say. And uh, uh, of course, the silver lining is that uh, even though we are doing everything on virtual platform, and uh, you know we are not being able to physically meet, but uh, I think the reach uh, is much more. You know, uh, we are uh, like we are able to reach out to a number of people, reach out to a uh, uh, number of countries, number of geographical areas. Uh, sitting in our home, you know, we are not, uh, you know, we are, we are, we have kind of uh, managed to save our lot of our energy and time, and even because organizing these events, and Rahul will agree with me because I mean, uh, now yes, we can do a pride parade without going to police. <laughs> you know, he just, he doesn't have to get police permission or you know get the municipality or anyone involved, any authorities involved. He can sit at home under in the comfortable is uh, uh, comfort of his room. 
and he just needs a good internet connection that's all <laughs> and uh, he can he can organize rides and you know he can uh, he can uh, reach much more people than you he would have yeah definitely there are uh, there are people who don't have access to internet so we are missing on uh, reaching out to those people who who you know who don't have the source of uh, the, the, the 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 internet and laptops and or whatever gadgets to to see us but uh, the other side of the story is that uh, we are able to do it and reach out to more number of people with least uh, efforts you know and and a lot of uh, even uh, money wise also we are able to save a lot of money because uh, you don't need to spend much uh, just get a rainbow flag and put it on your background and <laughs> and, and, and the pride is organized you know <laughs> so yeah yeah, I guess that is actually all from uh, my side. I mean, this has been a really amazing conversation. I'm kind of, you know, pure week ka just rest, that's just poof. So I would like to thank all of you. Like, it was such a great session. Yeah, I mean, that's actually from my side. Do you have any, uh, like, do you have any closing notes or anything? Yeah, one thing I would uh, like to add that, as Rahul said, these sensitization programs, they actually need to be there throughout the year. So I completely agree upon, agree upon that. So as uh, that, with that said, we will do our part as allies and we'll keep the move, we'll keep the movement, you know, like go ahead, get in the forward, in the positive direction. And yeah, let's just hope that everything, you know, gets, you know, completely normalized, you know, LGBTQ, not a different, you know, it shouldn't be seen as different community. It's just people. That's it. Everyone is people. It's, it doesn't matter. It's heterosexual. These are people who take out their assassins for coffee. So these yes. are not just people. Yes. Yes. I won't do that. I'll freak out. <laughs> So there's definitely, but I mean, other than I mean, I don't know if we can like yeah. maybe. If, uh, so I I saw certain participants here. So is there anything? Uh, I think Devish was also there. So is, is there anything anybody wants to say or ask? Uh, because uh, we have two, you know, great activists here with us. One young and yeah. and one uh, uh, forever young. So yeah. <laughs> So yesterday we had a uh, you know talk from uh, you know our own student Devish who's now in Germany and an art historian uh, whose name is Vinit. So and and uh, yes, Devish can he wants to say something. So Dharmin uh, can we unmute him? Yeah. So Devish actually brought in uh, the stratification of caste and class within the LGBTQA community. So, so the community. So that was quite a talk we had yesterday. So yeah. So maybe uh, while that is happening, I also want to reiterate. I think it was eye-opening to listen to you. And here he is. The question I wanted to ask, sir, about the experience of managing AIDS research out over the year. So uh, a little bit about your AIDS reach out program. So uh, we, uh, uh, our I don't know how many of you all know, but India ranks in uh, the third in the world with regards to uh, HIV infections, number of infi HIV infections. So that's why one of the reasons why I took up this uh, challenge, like, you know, I'm a person who likes to take challenges. So the, uh, I, I, I work for HIV uh, as well. And we are through the, my ambassadorship, uh, uh, we are trying to get as many people tested as possible in India. Because testing is the only way you know whether a person is positive or negative. 
and uh, as soon as a person is tested positive, we immediately start them on treatment because treatment is one of the ways we can prevent the transmission from one person to the other. So therefore, it's important to test and it's important, uh, you know, to treat somebody. Uh, you know, and this and this treatment is uh, in all government hospitals. It's available for free, and uh, even in our organization, we, we don't charge for it. So uh, it, it, it is. We are trying to see that it is accessible and available in all the parts of uh, India. And of course, we are uh, we are doing a strong program on condom promotion. We are the first organization in India to have started a free condom store. So because there's so much of stigma even behind condoms, you know, people don't like cannot go to a medical store and even ask for a condom. So we have we have a condom store where we have uh, on uh, on uh, online you can order and you can get your condoms home delivered. Free of cost. You know? <laughs> so yeah, so that that's another campaign we started. So trying to see because condom is the only way you can protect uh, sexual transmission, and 85% of HIV transmission is is through sex. So uh, yeah, so that that's some of the initiatives uh, and we are trying to do in India. Uh, sir, I actually asked this question because uh, when I was reading out about the history of AIDS reach out over the years. I came across a talk by Anjali Gopalan and she told that in initial years of between 2001 and 2004, the government was not really receptive, that they wouldn't even say that this was a problem. So when you said that from 2004 onwards, the government was actually helpful to Lakshya Trust, I wanted to ask you that in that specific era or in that specific time period, how has it changed over the years? Are there more cases? Is government more receptive? Is there more stigma? Uh, that was what I wanted to ask. Exceeding my time, but uh, very quickly I will answer. See, the government could not have gone to the gay community and you know, uh, or to the vulnerable communities like sex workers, transgender. They they also needed support of uh, groups like ours, and that's precisely they had no choice, but they had to come to us. You know, otherwise we would have lost so many people by now. So uh, it was the like uh, uh, I, I would say HIV it was a curse to a lot of people, but it came as a blessing in disguise because most of the groups in India uh, from the LGBT community got empowered because of HIV. And, I mean, not lesbian groups, but yes, definitely if, uh, groups working on gay, bisexual, trans community, they definitely got empowered because of HIV because of the fact that government uh, wanted to uh, come and partner with us. To work with them. So uh, I'm sorry I have to leave because uh, I'm running yeah, out yeah. of time. Yeah, definitely. Can, I don't Thank you so much. On, yeah. Uh, on special on HIV, I don't mind doing another session with you. <laughs> so I would be more than happy. Yeah, we we so meet meeting. Bye. Yeah, sir. Thank you so much. Bye bye. Yeah, so I hope Devish Bhai that answers your question. Maybe you can ask, uh, maybe if you want to ask, you can ask Rahul or Shweta, ma'am. Uh, no, it's, yeah, but I, I got I don't think we'll be able to answer it. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, that's, that's his work, you know, so I, I'm sure we won't be able to answer that. But no, but see, even Devish, so I don't know, you were there at that point of time, but he also said that he. Uh, himself was uh, surprised to see that kind of government support. So um, I don't know. People say God work in mysterious way. I feel the same about government working in mysterious <laughs> ways. So, um, 
so I I don't know. So uh, I mean, let's let's hope that uh, you know we can get uh, uh, ji to uh, come again and, and maybe interact with. Uh, no, I think you know I I would like to second that because uh, even I got the police permission for the pride parade in the name of HIE awareness. <laughs> So Interesting, that was, isn't it? That was comparatively easy to, you know, uh, mm-hmm. to tell them, to persuade them. So, yeah. We actually use that. that, that that's amazing. So, so somebody <laughs> told you that this is the, the drop this bomb and that would work. Or... <laughs> so, I, uh, so when we, when we were planning to organize this, I reached out to Mumbai Pride and asked them how does it work, mm-hmm. like how to get police permission. The person who reach out, reaches out to the police people over there, mm-hmm. he simply mm-hmm. told me, just get a pack of condoms, you know, hand it over to the policeman, police person, and just mm-hmm. say that we are here, we will be having this ride for aid to mm-hmm. make people aware of HIV. That's it. Although it's not as easy as but then finally mm-hmm. we got it. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, actually. Um, so uh, I guess that's it. If anyone has anything else to ask, we can yeah address that. So actually, there was this one question in yesterday's chat. Matlab, it was it is kind of more relevant to you know a generalized scenario. The question was how should one respond to rumors that someone is a lesbian or a gay or a bisexual or a transgender? So Rahul. Like, what's your take on this one? And this yes, was definitely please. the last question, yeah. Uh, well, even if it's a rumor, so first of all, there is nothing wrong to be a gay or lesbian, you know? Even if it's a rumor. And first of all, you shouldn't believe in rumors until and unless you yourself know about the person. Second thing is, there's nothing wrong to be one of the part of the LGBT community, because as you know, we people are fabulous. <laughs> Third thing is, um, Try because this is something which is related to one's identity, you know, and privacy. And make sure that somebody, if somebody is spreading such rumors, make sure to stop that person, to confront that person. And make sure that you let the other person know because this is kind of breaching of privacy. And you are actually committing a crime. You know, breach of privacy is a crime. So uh, this will be a win-win situation for both the parties. Jo rumors pelarae, wo apko ap unena crime karne se bacharae ho. Or dusra jiske bareme rumors patae jarae hai, uski obviously privacy ke bareme hai. So obviously you are safeguarding their privacy. So please, please don't uh, believe in rumors and confront that person and stop that person right there. Yeah, exactly. I want to add something which, uh, you know, which was brought in uh, uh, earlier. So please don't come out on other people's behalf. So one thing is that yes. rumors you can't stop. I mean, you know, like, uh, we, you know, that's human tendency. But for God's sake, don't come out, you know, on other people's behalf because that's their prerogative. Please don't right. do it. And I'm saying that because I, I get over-enthusiastic students and, you know, and, and I get really angry that, you know, it's none of your business. So have you gotten so-and-so person's permission to say that about him or her? And if not, uh, just a shut up. So I mean, I agree with Rahul that if you hear that, you're at the receiving end of any such information, for God's sake, do not condone it by, you know, on the other hand, stop it and speak up against because this is absolutely rubbish and shouldn't be, uh, you know, encouraged. But that's that's an interesting question from the chat box. 
Yeah, I mean, so the baseline, everything, everything circle around to one baseline that we need to educate ourselves. We need to educate everyone in this society that these things, uh, there's these things need to be normalized. There's nothing wrong or, you know, different about it. So, yeah, as I said, everything circles around that. And yeah, that's actually pretty much it from my side. I would like to thank Rahul for taking out the time and joining us in the session. We had a really amazing, uh, really amazing conversation, especially um, same thing goes to Shweta Mem as well. I'm pretty sure, although it was Saturday, I mean, you can be, you are a professor, you you have a little time. <laughs> yeah, totally. Like I go out in a mall to watch a movie. Instead, I'm here, stuck at my home. <laughs> I hope you had a good time because I definitely did. That was so like, nice really nice evening so yeah that's it thank you so much so for wish us. you all the best for your thank future you so endeavors and yeah come out with pride continue to be out in pride and yeah so uh thank you radio club DICT, uh for the opportunity it was a pleasure thank you so much everyone and thank you for having me i mean it's such an honor to be you know to be on the panel with so uh, with people who are actually doing great in their in their field Thank you so much, Shweta, ma'am. Uh, uh, of course, a big thank you, you to Shweta. Yes. Yes. I would love that too. <laughs> yes. I love the painting. Uh, thank you. I love that. Thank you. So, yeah, thank you for organizing this, uh, organizing team. Yeah, thank you. Okay, thank you so much. With that said, this... Thanks, Devish, for joining. Thanks, everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you and have a good day. Bye.